Well, the title of our sermon today is A Very Real God in a Very Real Life. Our text is Psalm 71, a text that was beautifully read by our graduating seniors just moments ago. The psalmist helps us realize that as long as we are in our bodies, pain and heartache are constant traveling companions. You know, pain and heartache are no respecter of persons, are no respecter of age, of genealogy. And as we witnessed tragically this past week, pain and heartache are no respecter of race. If ever there was a time when through the pain and hurt, we need to fully trust in and live out God's love so that we can, as the psalmist writes, tell of God's righteous acts all day long, then surely it is now. As we conclude our rescue series, we turn our attention today to Psalm 71. And one of the first things that you're going to notice is that this psalm has no header. Well, that's because Psalm 71 was originally combined with Psalm 70 and many ancient manuscripts. Psalm 70 and Psalm 71 are laments and both share specific words and phrases associated with David's cries to God. Some of these include phrases such as hasten, as he calls out to God, come quickly. And this is derived from a Hebrew word that's very rare. It's um, hardly ever used in the Old Testament scripture. Both Psalms share expressions for shame and confusion upon David's enemies. Additionally, the psalmist expresses prayers for deliverance and salvation. We've already heard Psalm 71, so let's back up just a little bit and read the prologue as we read through Psalm 70. Be pleased, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those be put to shame and confusion who seek my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who desire to hurt me. Let those who say, aha, aha, turn back because of their shame. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say evermore, God is great, but I am poor and needy. Hasten to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. If you have time this week, I encourage you to read through these verses again and mark how many times these themes reappear in Psalm 71. Since we've already read through Psalm 71, I want to take just a few moments to reflect through the structure of the psalm because I think it presents a wonderful framework for laying our pains and heartaches and disappointments before God. And this is critical. It allows us to do this for a very specific purpose. And that purpose is, I think it's to experience the other side of lament. Let's explore. Psalm 71, 1 through 4, this section builds the first part of the framework, and that is renewed requests. The psalmist once again brings his needs to God. 
And I say once again because this is not a one and done conversation. Here's just a tiny sampling of verses from other psalms that show how often the psalmists cry out to God. Psalm 34:15, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. Psalm 77, 1, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, that he may hear me. Psalm 86, 3, Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all day long. Psalm 119, 145, with my whole heart I cry, answer me, O Lord, I will keep your statutes. You know, if these psalms and this section in Psalm 71, if they teach us one thing, it's this, never stop bringing your requests to God. In the first eight verses of Psalm 71, the theme of refuge and similar terms are mentioned five times. They're expressed in words and phrases like take refuge, rock of refuge, rock and fortress, hope and strong refuge. So whether the, the storm of life is, uh, is, is sprinkling and you're having a bad day or whether it's a tsunami and you're having a bad decade, keep bringing your requests to God. It's in these rhythms of visiting with him, of calling out to him, of laying every burden at his feet, that over time we build what the psalmist describes in the very next section of Psalm 71, verses 5 through 9, and that is a foundation of hope. On these verses, Gerald Wilson notes, for the first time, it becomes clear that he is speaking from the experience and vulnerability of his old age. His sustaining hope is based on a lifetime, note the phrases, since my youth, from birth, of confident reliance on Yahweh. Let's just hear it directly from the psalmist who writes, For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O oh Lord, from my youth, upon you I have leaned from my birth. It was you who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. This phrase, you took me from my mother's womb, is literally from the inward parts of my mother. You were the one cutting me loose. And the psalmist says, you were the midwife who cut the umbilical cord. Even before I was born, I was dependent on you. And as David reflects on this, it leads to one primary spiritual posture. And that's a posture of constant praise. But you know, the psalmist knows that there are those within his circle of influence who will constantly try to convince him otherwise. Not that God is out to save him, but that God is out to get him. In Psalm 71, 7, we read, I have been like a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. You may see a word there that's not a very familiar word, this word portent. Well, it's very intriguing. It's a pretty infrequent word for us. 
It means some in his circle of influence believe his suffering is a dreadful sign of God's divine punishment. It looks like God isn't answering your prayers, so, so we're just going to pile even more guilt and even more shame on you. you know, the psalmist spells it out a little bit later in verses 10 through 13 when he writes, For my enemies speak concerning me, and those who watch for my life consult together. They say, Pursue and seize that person whom God has forsaken, for there is no one to deliver. But even in this criticism, even in this gross misjudgment, even in this stinging mistreatment, David takes it to the Lord. And, and what he takes to God reveals the third piece of the framework for how we handle our disappointments and hurts, for how we reach the other side of lament. And this third section is the expression of the concern. We see it in verses 10 through 13. It sounds like this. Here's what's going on, Lord. Here's how I perceive this situation. Here's how I feel I'm being treated. Lord, open my eyes. Lord, open their eyes. Notice that he asks God to do this. Notice that he doesn't take matters into his own hands. And we don't have to examine much of David's life to see how it plays out when he does take matters into his own hands, right? And the bottom line is this. No matter what, bring it to God. Talk it through with him. Ask him to sort it out. Not just your hurts, but your joys as well. Know that when you do this again and again, you encounter the final piece of this other side of lament framework. And that final piece is confident praise. We see it in verses 14 through 24. You know, people will come and go. Situations will change. Life will have you up one minute and down the next. And it's always going to be this way, as long as we have breath in our lungs. But I want you to hear the psalmist's heart. David isn't whining. He's not moping. He's praying. He's having a constant conversation with the constant one. That's our God who never wavers no matter what else may be happening around us. So here's the other side of lament framework. If we were using song language, we might see these as four different verses all put together that completes the song. Renewed requests or prayers, bringing those to God, living then into a foundation of hope, openly expressing our concerns so that we can be free for confident praise. Now, there are outcomes to the other side of lament. I just want to review a few of these quickly. First, God's evaluation matters most. I wish I could tell you that it will never happen. 
But the truth is, most of us will be judged by others during our lifetimes. Some of us will feel the brunt of it more than others due to our profession or life choices. However, at the end of the day, one evaluation is worth more than all others combined. Often when the tears dry, we see it most clearly. God's evaluation matters most. I just beg you to never lose sight of that. Another outcome of this other side of lament is a constant realization that God is our refuge. The theme of refuge, as we have learned these past seven weeks, permeates the Psalms. And in part, it shapes the scope of this entire ancient hymn book. God's refuge is not a fleeting good luck with that uh, sort of place. God's refuge is a constant help, even in times of deepest despair. Another outcome is this. It's really about less focus on my weakness and more focus on God's strength. You know, there's a self-help book out there for almost every aspect of our humanity. Covering our imperfections is a multi-billion dollar phenomenon. What if... Instead of spending more money to impress others, we spent more time in prayer asking God to be glorified through our imperfections. What if we spent more time praising God for what's right than focusing so much on what is wrong? What if we spent less time focusing on me and more time focusing on God? Now, it's not easy I know. The psalmist himself writes, hurry, Lord, take care of this quickly. But focusing less on me and focusing more on God is a spiritual exercise that keeps me from being consumed by me. Instead, I become more and more consumed with a desire by word or deed to proclaim his righteousness and his alone. Psalm 71, 16. The door is wide open then for me to help others experience an additional outcome of the other side of lament. And that is to help others find hope and live with purpose. At the beginning of our sermon, I noted that as long as we are in our physical bodies, pain and heartache are constant traveling companions. However, even in the depths of struggle, we can faithfully make the psalmist chorus our own. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also which you have rescued. You know, that kind of witness reveals the power of God to the next generation, verse 18. That kind of witness allows our times of pain to be God's gain as we strive to help others find hope and live with purpose. You know, I hope that this series has been a blessing to you. They're going to be archived on our YouTube channel. Please go back and listen to these sermons again as you continue to plumb the depths of the Psalms. And please be sure to share them with others who you love, especially if you know someone who is in the midst of a very difficult or dark time. I'd like for us to close this series with a word of prayer. 
Lord, we thank you for the Psalms. For surely they give us language, a vocabulary, when we struggle to find the words. Help us, Lord, to be drawn to them, to pray them, to sing them, to express them to you so that we, Father, might find hope and purpose and be able, Father, to come alongside others and help them live with hope and purpose. We love you, Lord. We give all of this to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.